The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Silver Bells Murders, the unofficial American Gothic internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Bobby Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Friday, July 29th, and I am your host, Mike. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of CBS American Gothic. Please welcome my co-host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome, everybody. Uh, let's go for a hike in the woods late at night. And last but certainly not least, Samantha Hoover. Hello, listeners. Do you know who the Silver Bells killer is yet? It's you. Yes. You just gave away the whole season. Oh, I apologize. Sorry, Brady. <laughs> let's jump into our recap of Season 1, Episode 6, titled The Chess Players, and aired on July 27, 2016. When the Hawthorns are publicly implicated in this SBK case and forced to hole up in the house to avoid media scrutiny, they quickly begin to turn on one another. Also, Garrett lures Christina to the woods for a camping trip that takes a really drastic and dangerous turn. Before Mike leads us into the initial reactions for the episode, let's discuss the ratings. American Gothic was flat, with 2.5 million total viewers and 0.6 in the demo. So, with that being said, what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? I'll start off with Samantha. This episode was interesting. I liked it at first, and then the ending threw me for a loop, and I was so mad. But now that they're <laughs> revealing that, oh, the Silver Bells killer is a Hawthorne, they are trying to make it even more confusing than it has been before in showing us who the killer is. But I keep changing who it is like every five minutes. <gasps> so, yeah, I think it was overall very interesting. Bobby, what was your reaction? I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm thoroughly enjoying this series as a whole. So I thought it was another great episode i love the twists and the turns and yeah i mean it was quite a ride this episode from food being thrown on the ground to secret <laughs> rendezvous near the gazebo and knives being pulled out all over the place and i mean it was fantastic as for me i really enjoyed the episode i felt like it was definitely continuing the feeling and the dr and the dramatic scenes left that were made from the previous episodes so i felt like it definitely fueled it and same with me i did not expect for it to end that way so but so but we're i know i feel the exact same way we're gonna go and talk about it a little bit later on but before we get into a thorough recap here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media follow the show on tumblr the silver bells murders .com. you can follow the station on social media i mean we're on twitter we're on facebook tumblr instagram at poppy chulo radio you can even help support poppy chulo radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppy chulo radio do you have any questions maybe suggestions or comments or hey even concerns email us via contact at poppy are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo radio team as an on-air personality or, hell, even a blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. You can even binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. And search for The Silver Bells Murders through iTunes and hit that subscribe button. New episodes are available to download on Fridays throughout the entire summer. Now let's go ahead and dive right into this episode. So, as it kicked off, 
from the previous episode, it went ahead and pretty much perpetuated with Tessa and Brady going straight to uh, where her sister was having that debate at the old at the old high school. And we noticed that already the scene is kind of already dramatic. They're trying to rush over there. They're trying to make sure that they give their sister, well, Tessa's sister, a heads up about the information that was leaked out from the previous episode. So the moment that they get there, we see oh, this really ob- kind of, to me, I think as an obnoxious reporter, tells her, you know, how do you feel about this new information that came up in regards to... Uh, somebody being implicated as being the Esbake, uh, as so, being the Silver Bell's killer, who it's not Cam, but it's somebody within your family. And you see the entire audience erupting in a few, trying to figure out, and you see Allison's face just completely shocked. I mean, she's destroyed. Poppy, can you give me an idea of what that feeling was like? Can you t- more or less describe? in your own words how you think allison took it or do you feel like she was just completely devastated do you think like how how would do you think she was feeling in that moment i think in her eyes her world ended because she's been so focused on this political campaign like in her mind you know she had already won you know she had just had to like knock off this this dude you know, and bam, she was in the big chair, you know, making the big decisions. And uh, now, after this reveal, I mean, there's no way that she can continue on her campaign. Because whether she is the SBK or one of her family members is the SBK, I mean, it just, there's so much suspicion on the family now that there's no way that she's going to be able to do anything as far as in a political office like her family name is now forever tainted so i think she literally saw her hopes and her political aspirations and dreams just go poof so you feel like for her it's the the devastation the the fact that her entire political career her hard work everything she amounted to just literally disappeared in a blink of an eye you feel i like, think so i, I feel so? like that was probably the first thing that she thought about okay samantha do you want to add anything to that i feel like this is the first time where she did not have an answer to any question she was asked just like madeline she was expecting this reporter to ask her, oh, gun reform, oh, this, oh, that, about the campaign. And she goes, your family's on the hook for a murder. What do you have to say? So, yeah, I agree with Poppy. I think everything that she's worked so hard to cover up just kind of went down the drain at the, in that second. And she just did not know what to do about it. And we don't get to see what she said, if she said anything. But she looked devastated. So, basically, the the vast humiliation just overtook her and it just looked like she just froze and just didn't have an answer. Oh, yeah. Exactly. What it appears to be. I'm going to assume she probably said no comment and she ran off that stage while uh, the man from Veronica Mars was laughing. Probably. And then moving on a little bit further, we see that the family is there excluding Garrett. It's there in the living room-ish type, however you want to describe it. And... The tension there you can feel is just intense, trying to figure out, okay, how on earth did Cam, you know, give his, you know, DNA? You know, Cam says he has no clue that he didn't do it. But then it becomes apparent that Tessa says that, well, I gave Brady uh, permission to use uh one of the things that Cam was using to shoot up as as evidence for his DNA in order to help clear his name. And we have uh, the mother saying, looking at Brady and automatically getting upset and saying, you know, he betrayed you once before. And he says it flat out right in front of him. He says, uh, you know, he, you, he betrayed you once. You know, how on earth could you even possibly even think about even doing this and then in the exchange we even hear allison say you know it doesn't even matter 
that doesn't matter what Tessa's reason is, you know, the fact that Brady did it. The main thing is that, well, it, it happened. And in that instance, you can see that Allison's more worried about that somebody in her family, at least what it appears to be from our perspective, that Allison just feels upset, betrayed, everything you can imagine that somebody within her family had something to do with these atrocities. Samantha, when you saw this scene and you noticed the little uh, exchanges, do you feel that Tessa was justified to try to help clear Cam's name? Or do you feel like it was the wrong move that they should have, that Tessa should have not given Brady permission? You know, I think we discussed this when Brady first tried to get the DNA. Yes, I do think Tessa was justified. And just because her family doesn't feel that she was, I mean, it was in a good motive to try and clear her family, which kind of backfired a lot. And I figured it would anyways. You know, Brady did marry into this family and he has a loyalty to them, but he also has a loyalty to the public and every victim that the Silver Bells killer got to. So I really think that Tessa was justified. And yeah, of course her family is going to be angry. They're trying to cover this up. Madeline then said something about it wasn't towards Brady. I think it was something along the lines of that they're going through this all over again. You've had a similar situation. Um, that's weird and interesting. I'd like to hear more about that. Or say she might be just talking about the whole thing with the hairbrush. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I just oh. I'm skeptical of either side. So she could have just been talking about the hairbrush, but. I don't know. It's Madeline. It, it, it's just the Madeline thing. It's what it is. Yeah. So, what I'm going to go ahead and do is with the exchange with uh, Garrett and Christina, I'm going to push that a little bit later because it kind of does like little miniature back and forth. <laughs> so, all of that, we'll go ahead and talk about that near the ending-ish because we feel that way it'll be much easier for us to go ahead and explore each of the scenes that happened. So, Poppy, you actually threw out one of the uh, one of the scenes uh, you had mentioned earlier in regards to uh, Madeline just trying to trying to bring the peace, I guess, trying to make everything normal with her family. Excluding. She was trying to be mommy, right? She was trying to be mommy. The fact that she tried cooking and she made all the workers uh, take a day off, you know, to try to make food, and you can see everybody is looking at the food like, okay. Uh, you cook is, you you actually cook and she's trying to bring everybody together considering the circumstances that are unfolding everywhere in front of them and uh you see her you see everybody is like no you know i'm okay thanks i, I don't don't want anything and you see her just explode she literally just gets the plate right after she asked anybody if they wanted a piece or anything and you see her and she just says you know no one you know cam you know and she and cam makes a little comment saying you know what in reality it kind of looks like human uh, remains so she literally just puts everything on the plate and she just tosses it to the side you can tell that she's fed up she's pissed she she definitely just looks angry Yes. When you when you saw that, do you did any of you guys feel that it was in regards to maybe the fact that everything is piling up on her, or maybe it was the fact that now, like how uh, Samantha had mentioned about Allison, that the fact that she's starting to lose control over everything that's happening, and she's just upset that she's no longer that person in control anymore. Or do you feel like it was another underlying feeling? Sam is more suspicious of Madeline than I am, so I kind of want to hear what she has to say. Yeah, ooh, that's true. Well, I think she is just pissed off that she can no longer make everyone do her bidding. Like, And, well, since the news got out that their family is hiding a killer, I think she's just losing it. She's starting to lose it, and we're seeing that. And it starts off very slow. Like, she's very controlled, but... And she just threw the food away. Like, oh, dessert? Anybody? Like, I mean, if uh, 
the main course wasn't so good looking. Already disgusting enough. Yeah, I, I would imagine what the dessert would have been like. <laughs> but yeah, so I think Madeline can no longer control her surroundings, so she's starting to act out. Unfortunately, she gets violent, I guess, and maybe that will confirm my theory of her being the killer originally in later episodes. But Poppy, you've, you said it yourself that you're not as suspicious of her. So what do you take of her interesting approach uh, on the family dinner? Well, I liked the scene. I thought it was pure comedy. Like, I laughed when she threw it on the ground and then she was like, dessert? I, th I thought it was hilarious. I think what was interesting about it is that we have seen, we being the viewers, have seen a different side to Madeline. Her kids are used to her being the matriarch, the one in control, like the rich bitch lady. And we saw that she does not come from riches. So obviously she knows how to cook because it doesn't seem like her mother would have been the type of mother that was there all the time cooking for her. So I thought that was a nice little wink to uh, her adventure outside of town with her mom. So I liked that. Um, I didn't think it looked that bad, to be quite honest. It looked like she was like trying to attempt like a chicken cordon bleu type of thing. Like some type of... It looked like it was... I'm assuming. It, it was like some sort of chicken, maybe meat, or t that was like stuffed with something. Maybe it didn't look the most appetizing. But it looked like she actually made an effort. So I liked that she tried to do, I guess, maybe what she had hoped her mom would do, you know, during the tough times back in the day i don't know but uh, i'm not that suspicious of madeline i do feel like she knows a whole lot more and uh, those secrets are slowly starting to creep out because she keeps on you know as we've seen in the past she always has a reason for stuff and uh it it's always interesting how she like never has the reason before until she's uh like pushed into a corner so I am suspicious of her, but I, I don't feel like she's the killer. So I'm not like, like Sam is suspicious of her. Although I do have my eye on Madeline. I am a so journalist, you're... so I, I look at everything. I know, tabloid journalism. You're a vulture. <laughs> <laughs> so you're more on the notion that she is definitely aware of things that are happening and she's not she may not be necessarily the person that's committing these but she's aware and she is i guess you could say a part of it that she knows that she's letting on more than what she knows correct i feel like she's covering up i, so you, I feel okay. like she much like garrett in in, in the beginning and then cam at one point they're red herrings that's my take on it. And I feel like she knows a whole lot about what happened. Oh, okay. And then speaking of which, in during that scene, we also see that everybody decides to throw in, I guess you could say, accusations. As opposed to, uh, like for instance, Cam talking about, well, you know, I, I had, I guess, this repressed memory and I saw, you know, a, a body being dragged down and hitting, uh, you know, hitting the stairs. And he makes, a, you know, a very vivid description of what he believes he saw based upon his repressed memories. And you just see everybody just making exchange as to, you know, who could, you know, potentially be the Espec, you know, Silver Bell's killer. And you just see, again, uh, Madeline just saying, you know what, just everybody just go to bed. And you see Allison saying, you know, it is nine o'clock. Like, are you kidding me? She just says, you know what? Just everybody just go to bed. And you see Cam just saying, well, you know, no bedtime story then. And you just see her getting, you know, upset that Cam decides to make a, a you know, make light of this situation. And uh, speaking of Cam, we see that he decides to, you know, be with Jack, which still freaks me the fuck out. By the way, and they're talking about uh, all he needs is a hug. <laughs> yeah, like tons of hugs apparently, with a bunch and of a straight jacket <clears throat> along with it, right? So you see, Cam and Jack are you know kind of bonding, I guess, and you just see Jack uh, 
make uh, make a comment about how serial killers have a tendency to have predatorial birds in their you know place of living, and he makes a little comment saying, "Well, you know, this house has a lot of predatory birds," and you just see Cam like, "God damn it, Jack!" Like, "God damn it!" In your guys' mind, do you feel like do you feel like Jack is a representation of what Cam was when he was little, or do you guys feel like it's a little bit more or a little bit less? Like, what are your guys' take on Jack as of right now, from the beginning of the first episode to now? Do you feel like it's slowly progressing into something, or do you feel like it's going to be like in a monotone where he's just going to be this literally just this crazy every episode or every episode that he appears? Poppy? I still think my hypothesis about Jack is is 100% accurate to what I've been saying since the beginning. I feel like Jack is there to show us, A, that there's some sort of psychosis in the family, and B, that someone his age could potentially be the Silver Bell's killer. Because all of the Hawthorne grown-up kids would have been around-ish his age when the killings would have started. So I feel like he's there to like prove to us, like, okay, we should be suspicious of these uh, adult children. Because even though they might have been 9, 10, 11, 12, they could still have been you know psychopaths at that age that's true he, do, he does definitely give some sort of impression of what you might want to expect on the adults the adult children's i guess you could say samantha anything you want to add to that he did say that psychopathy sets in at age five so i have to agree with that <laughs> he's just some sort of troubled kid and all he, he needs is love insight. he has insight. oh yes he does. He definitely does have insight. I'll definitely give that. He's got something. That. He just makes a, just a grand entrance with his, uh, you know, comments. And speaking of grand entrances, we see Cam's downstairs, uh, kind of just, you know, peering around, looking around, and he sees, you know, again, predatorial birds. He sees an owl. He sees paintings of a vulture, and you just see he's literally just walking around and seeing all these different bird statues there and then surprise surprise we see sophie come in and saying you know it's pretty easy to get in here you know i just i you know and he's asking what are you doing here and basically they're just having a little exchange and i'm thinking of jess right now about sophie right now how much she she loves her oh yes she totally loves her and we see this little exchange and we see you know sophie trying to lean in you know kind of you know kiss him and we see cam kind of just pushing her away saying you know no you can't so we see that he's somewhat resisting you know this little exchange that she's given so cam decides to tell her, you know what just, we just go ahead and call it night and you we see him that he's unable to sleep and he's with tessa and they're reminiscing on details you know about their when they were much younger <clears throat> and we decide and we also see that Tessa brings up some good points about Garrett, and then we see Cam bringing out some of the bad points about Garrett. You know, the fact that he punched him when he took his bike. And Tessa says, you know, but this is the same Garrett that helped you out, you know, by giving you the pills that you needed. And, you know, they do this little exchanges, you know, about Garrett bringing out both his good and his bad side. Samantha, when Cam was talking about how he feels that it was his father but then he makes about his father being the uh the S the silver bells killer but then he makes you know these decisions about you know these remarks about garrett do you feel like cam already has uh, a kind of an idea of who he believes is a killer like do you think he already has it set in stone in his mind that it's got to be garrett or it's got to be the father he was saying uh it was his dad pretty harshly at the, the dinner first table. time, right? During yeah. during that dinner table, right? Just thinking about the relationship between Mitch and Garrett before Mitch died, and seeing how tense that was, and just thinking about that, it could be either of them. But I also think I just can't think it's Garrett. Like I, I just can't. 
now that we saw Mitch in those hallucinations from last week, leading Cam down the stairs, looking at the body, I really think Mitch had something to do with it, something significant, and that's why Garrett ran away for like 14 years. And yes, of course, he is kind of a, an outlandish person overall. So yeah, and that's the brotherly thing to do. Like, if you steal something, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> or, you know, whatever, right? But he's not going to do that with Tessa. So they both remember him differently. But overall, I don't think Garrett did anything. I just think... Um, I, I think Cam could have an idea of who it was. And I think the father is more guilty than Garrett, to be quite honest. Okay, Poppy, anything you want to add to that or you want to jump in? No, I think Samantha did a good job of answering it. I'm trying to think. I don't think I can add anything else to what she said. So we see Allison kind of reminiscing about her father. I guess she, she puts a, it puts a smile on her face. She's sitting on the chair and she's smiling, you know, looking at everything that his that her father has and she notices that there's a book on the shelf and it's titled weathering heights so she decides to pick it up and she, she still has you know smile on her face and she opens it up and she sees these pictures of madeline when she was younger you know very very beautiful pictures of Exit her when she was younger right our photography listeners google that sam don't google that so we see her we see her look you know peering through and she notices that there's a folded up paper also right under the pictures and she picks it up and later on we see that it's a report a police report of mitch of you know beating somebody nearly to death and we see allison cam and tessa confronting their mother in regards to, you know what on earth happened and Malin decides to let everything out and she describes how she also, you know, she committed adultery and she cheated on her husband and, you know, he was upset and told her, you know, don't see him anymore. And so she decided to call it quits, but then she decided that she wanted to reconcile with him. And when she describes that when he, that gentleman decided to come over, that they were just talking, they weren't really doing anything, that... Their father walked in and he just snapped. He got upset, pissed, and he beat him up pretty much almost to death. And that supposedly he was dragging his body down the stairs. And that's when Madeline states to Cam that that's what you saw. That what you saw was not necessarily a dead person. It was just an unconscious person being dragged down from the stairs. That that's what it was. In that moment... Did you guys feel that Madeline tried controlling the situation again? That she tried saying, well, did she try putting two things together and trying to tie out that loose end? Or do you guys actually believe Madeline's story? That it was actually the gentleman was unconscious and he was being pulled down from the stairs? Samantha? I so want to believe her. Right? But she just has no, an answer for everything. No, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> she just has an answer for everything. Like, there's no point at all in this show so far where she has not answered a question. I do think she did cheat on Mitch. I think that probably caused a rift in their marriage. Do I think that man was unconscious? No, he was dead. So, uh, so you feel like it was the, the gentleman wasn't unconscious, he was dead. Yeah, and then I think the ending to that story was that they left the body somewhere around the property. I remember her ending it that way, and it just seemed kind of off. Like, it was okay and up until that point, and then I was just like, okay. go to bed. <laughs> it's past your bedtime. Go, go to bed. Bobby, was there anything you want to add to that? It was just hella suspicious. Right. I, I said this earlier in the episode. She always has an answer for everything, and... and uh, yeah, it just seems so weird and planned, you know, it just, it's hella suspicious. Like, all of a sudden, okay, you learn uh, that Cam remembers a body, so now all of a sudden, okay, it, that's what the body was. Right, It's it seemed way too much of a coincidence. Convenience. Right, too much of a convenience, and it was too much of a coincidence that, oh, it's the same body that was being dragged down the stairs and it was a way to answer Cam's suspicion of what may possibly have happened. Mm -hmm. So it seems just kind of 
you know, just a, just a little tad off, just just minor, if anything. So, moving on just a little bit further, we see Allison with her kids, which, by the way, those two are completely adorable. By the way, they're adorable little girls. They're not as I feel like they're not as creepy as Jack, but again, you may never know. And we see uh, Allison with Tom. And Tom says, you know, I'm sorry, you know, that I did that, you know, kind of upset her earlier in the episode, kind of made a little jab at her saying, oh, well, Naomi would be able to, you know, comfort you in this time of need. And you see Allison just purely upset, like, really, like, you're really going to bring that up now after everything. So we see Tom kind of snooping out with her with Allison's phone and she texts Naomi saying, yo, to meet pretending to be Allison to meet me, you know, at a certain location. And we see Naomi put, okay, I love you. And in, you could see the camera kind of like made sure to fixate on Tom's face. You see him. He, I didn't see too much of a, like an angry face, but more of like a, like, are you kidding me? Like really type of face. So if we were to move that on further, we do you guys feel that Tom should have done that to try to meet up with Naomi or do you feel like no he should have confronted her about it should have kind of confronted Allison about it or do you guys feel like Tom trying to find out this way was okay in that sense Bobby I think he feels justified because uh yeah I mean I I I mean, considering that Allison technically committed adultery just like her mother, but it's just the circumstances are different. Well, the circumstances are very different since uh, apparently it's it's allowed because he was all down with like hearing about it a couple of episodes ago. So it's a different it's an open relationship versus like straightforward cheating monogamous relationship. Exactly. No, but I'm saying straightforward cheating as to what uh, Madeline did. Right. So, I mean, it was interesting that he went that route. I can see why he did that, maybe, because Allison has so much else on her mind, and she's preoccupied with uh, everything else that's going on in the family. But it, it was hella suspicious that he was like, okay, I'm going a, I'm to a take control of this thing. You know, I don't like the way that they're looking at each other, so I need to confront her, and I need to talk to her by the gazebo. Samantha, what about you? How do you feel about that little stunt Tom pulled? I understand why he did it. And I think when they were in the bedroom, he was a little annoyed because he was just like, well, you said this was a fling. You know, are you actually having feelings for her? So I don't know what the boundaries are for their relationship. You know, I think he was quite annoyed and he isn't getting the truth and honesty that he needs. So he thought he had to go behind her back to get it. And I think... At this point, that's the only way he's going to get any information because Allison is so tied up with the election. This is a scandal now in her election campaign. So she's all tied up with this. And I don't think she was in the first place willing to open up to Tom about this somewhat affair. But now she's even less inclined because she's so stressed out. And that's like an alibi she can use. Like, oh, honey, I'm tired. I don't want to talk about this anymore or ever again. Or whatever, and she's like, oh, don't touch me last night. Like, sh- that's what she did. Oh, but Naomi, like, that was okay with her, but with Tom, your your husband, like, God forbid, right? So that was a little weird. Do I think it was right that he did that? Not really, but I understand why, and I hope he got the answers he wanted. So then moving on, because since we're still talking about Tom, Allison, and Naomi, we see that Tom decides to wait for Naomi, and they both have their little exchange Samantha, how did you feel about that exchange that they had with each other? Explaining about how Naomi says, well, it's you, don't you, how awkward it must feel for you. And she throws in like little jabs at him saying that, well, she's not necessarily confiding in with, you know, with her, but, you know, making it apparent that she's showing interest towards her. Do you, did you, do you feel like you're choosing, would you have to, would you choose a side between Naomi and, or Tom, or do you feel like this was just more of like adding 
theatrics adding drama to this plot line for Allison? Like, how did you feel overall about that scene? I definitely don't think it's something to ignore, but I don't want to jump right into their relationship. Like, this is a mess, and it's on top of all of the other messes we're dealing with as viewers. I really think that Naomi was trying to downplay Allison's relationship with Tom, as well as her own. Because, yes, she was expressing interest, but you don't just text someone, I love you, because you're interested. You know what I mean? It's a lot deeper than that. And I think Tom was just trying to play it off, too, like, well... It's just sex and blah, blah, blah. And he's trying to make himself feel better because why would his wife cheat on him if, big if, Allison ends up being the Silver Bells killer? I do think Naomi would have a hand in helping her, honestly. Like, I don't know how far their relationship goes back, like how long they've known each other, but, you know, she's her campaign manager and... If she has secrets to hide, she's her PR person as well. She can definitely take care of the damage control. Absolutely. And she's very good with that. We saw that with Kimmy. Like, that was conniving. So what else could she do, you know? Right. Hmm, Poppy. How did you feel about that little scene with Naomi and Tom? I think it gave us a little bit more insight into the relationship. I mean, obviously, after that scene, it was 100% clear that they had an open relationship and an open marriage and that she could go and play around as long as uh, he got the chance to hear the tales uh, that were created in the bedroom and she didn't know obviously and she feels that you know they have a connection and so she was like you know, oh, you're feeling threatened. You know, this is what you're doing. Well, guess what? I'm not backing off. I'm getting all that. Ooh, nah, nah. <laughs> so, now that we talked about most of the things, we'll go ahead and go with the whole Garrett and Christina. But before we jump into that, we see that Brady uh, tells Tessa, you know, have you seen, you know, where Garrett is? And she so tessa brings out and says oh because everybody is still trying to find garrett because nobody knows where he's at and tessa brings a bottle of the prescription bottle that cam you that garrett gave to cam you know in order to help him you know sober up and get better and she says well you know she's been talking he's been talking to this lady friend maybe this is you know this is her so he looks at the name and he notices that it's uh that it's the daughter of one of the victims, the last victim that, that the Silver Bells killer murdered. And they're frantic, and Brady wants to call in, call it in and say, wait, you know, I need to call it in. You know, you never know. And Tessa says, says no, don't call it in. Let me go with you because I can talk to him. Which advice would you have gone for? Would you have done what Tessa did as far as, you know what, let me go with you? Because I can, you know, talk to him because the relationship between her and Garrett obviously is no. pretty good. Or would you have guys called it in? Call it in. This is a police investigation. You know, it can't be all about you, Tessa. We need to do this the legal way. Samantha, would you Would you have called the police? Or would you have tried to handle it kind of like how Tessa did? Go with Brady so that way you could speak to Garrett. No, I agree with Poppy. He did what he had to do yet again. I understand that. He's a suspect and he's out in the woods with some girl that was the daughter of a victim of the killer that he's a suspect of being. Obviously, you call the police. You don't just leave it up to the family. I definitely respect that. Yeah, I can can agree with that. It definitely should not be something that's taken lightly. It's definitely something that you should more than likely call it in because you never know. And it's more about the safety of everybody that's involved, especially if it's another person excluding exactly. yourself. So I I can definitely agree with that. So we see throughout the entire episode, we see that Garrett is with Christina and they're on the woods. You know, he's tells her, you know, that way you can, you know, see, you know, get to know me a little bit better. And we see her, she just nonchalantly just says, okay, yeah, I'll go with you, you know, to the woods. It's it's both of them, and we notice that she tries to understand where Garrett's coming from. You know, she asks him, like, the typical questions, you know, why did you leave, or, you know, what made you decide to stay? And, you know, he throws in, like, little nice comments saying, you know, I was going to leave, but, you know, 
up until you know I met you. And throughout that entire little engage, do you guys feel like Garrett actually really meant that? Do you guys feel like that Garrett actually has some sort of or wants to build a connection towards Christina? Or do you guys feel like that because the fact that she was the you know victim's daughter, that do you feel like it's more of not necessarily pity, but she feels bad for this person that she never got this type of closure? And, and do you guys feel like that he's slowly trying to get into that? Or do you guys think it's something else? Poppy? I think it's innocence. I'm trying to see Garrett for the nice person that he seems to be. So I, I feel like even though we don't know his intentions and we're purely speculating at the moment because he hasn't said anything about it at all. Like we haven't even heard him talk to anybody else about this. So I feel like it's good intentions. I feel like, uh, you know, because maybe he knows a little bit, you know, he feels bad for her in a sense. And uh, maybe he was just trying to reach out. And then all of a sudden he ends up getting the feels and uh, the feels. Yeah, he gets the feels in his heart. He gets the feels down there. And, you know, she's got feels all over the place and they connect the feels. And you know what I'm saying? So Sam doesn't know. So don't fill her in. But um, <sighs> I feel <laughs> speaking of the feels, I feel like he is uh, trying to do something good. And because his now his like romantic feelings are involved, it makes things completely difficult. And um, yeah, like I, I don't know why he's doing this, though. And I'm looking forward to finding out why he ended up getting involved with her, like why he specifically went out to look for her. But right now, I don't feel it's anything nefarious, okay, even so though the writers okay. have been trying to make it seem shady as hell with all the cliffhangers and twists and all that kind of stuff. Hmm, so you feel like that the writers are kind of trying to push the idea that, or give the idea that, well, he's kind of kind of bad boyish but not really well i think they're trying to make it seem like he's the silver bells killer so they're trying to make him look suspicious as hell and uh i'm not buying it sorry writers <laughs> i'm not buying it samantha how do you feel are you kind of like in the same thought process as poppy or do you have a different take on it as a side note i do have a boyfriend so i get the love feelings i get that poppy anyways yeah i really don't think garrett is up to anything bad i really think that he just wanted some time alone with this girl he likes what what guy doesn't if he went to go right. tell his family like oh hey mom i'm going out for like a day in the woods bye um she would have been like no you you must stay here like go to bed it's past your bedtime she's very uh, i guess controlling and they're still like they have bedtimes like they're like what 20s 30s ridiculous anyways but yeah they are definitely making him out to be more suspicious and I don't appreciate that because he looks the part, but that's the total like killer trope, I guess. But he's totally not. He's the exact opposite. He's a teddy bear. You know, the woods is always a kind of a creepy place in the first place, but he lived there for 14 years and he knows it like the back of his hand. And he wanted to let her into his world. So I think that was more inviting rather than like suspicious. Right, it just gives the impression that it just looks eerie and suspicious, the fact that it's the woods, but you do make a, a great point, the fact that it's his world, it's what he understood after he left. I mean, he, again, 14 years, he only knew, you know, the world of in the forest, so I guess in a way he was trying to showcase, you know, this is a part of me you know this is what i know and understand and grow into so yes he, he was, was trying to be like, you know sincere he was trying to be caring and you know to make it not maybe i guess you could say trying to make it special but to try to show her that you know he is you know kind and trying to showcase that you know this is the side of him that is really him and then moving on a little bit further we see now that she moving moving on pass a little bit further we see that she gets a, a voicemail from brady saying you know this is detective wait, brady wait she also has that suspicious scene with the knife oh that's right i totally forgot about that see so she's by herself and you know he's decided to go get more firewood and he explains that he's gonna go ahead and talk about 
a little bit more about him after he gets, you know, the firewood. So we see that these three gentlemen, you could tell they're kind of inebriated. They've had quite a bit to drink. And we see that, you know, he's like, hey, you know, where's your, your boyfriend? And she, she appears to be calm. She doesn't look like she's worried or anything. And she says, you know, oh, well, you know. He just went to go get firewood, be right back. And he says, you know, well, if you were my girl, you know, I wouldn't leave you alone by yourself. You know, making that, you know, point that he wouldn't leave her alone. And she says, well, it's a good thing you're not, I'm not your girl. You know, little snappy Ooh. comebacks that were kind of good. I'm not going to lie. They were pretty good. And we see Garrett is behind the three gentlemen. And you could see on his face that he just, with a stern look, and he says, oh, I'm just, you know, inviting, you know, you and your girl, if you guys want to come and drink. And he says, you know, no, I'm good, but I'm going to give you two choices. You can either, you know, stay here or you can leave. He makes a point to say a part of me really, really, a huge part of me really, really wants you to stay. And he pulls out the knife. And you could tell that they are freaks. They feel like this guy is just completely nuts, completely a psychotic, you know, just flat out crazy and they decide you know what, let's just leave and they decide to leave and uh christina says you know what what in the world was that all about and he says what you know it was to scare them to you know to get them out of here and she's and she in her mind she can't comprehend why he did that and feeling that that he's just a little off she's starting to see that this encounter that he had is just really really off samantha do you got do you feel that for him to portray this side of him do you feel like for her it was kind of like an an eye opener that well maybe garrett is is maybe another type of person or maybe he's only pretending in that scenario how do you think how would you have taken it if I was there and the guy I'm hanging out with pulls a knife, even if it wasn't yeah, on me. Yeah, he, and he does that, right. Yeah. I, You know, I wouldn't be feeling too safe anymore. But since I'm safe from behind a television set, I see that. Well, there's that. Yeah. I see that he's trying to defend himself, but it looks kind of sinister because I think that's all he knows. And I really think that the Hawthorns kind of shielded off their kids in a way when they were little and they really don't know how to react with the real world, the outside world. So I think that's all he knows if someone threatened him or something threatened him in the woods. Or so, if it appears to be threatening towards him and somebody else. Yes. That this is his response, that this is the only way that he knows how to deal with the issue yeah. in front of him. It wasn't like he was pulling it on her. But I mean, right. it was in a, within a good vicinity of her. So yeah, I would have been scared. As a viewer, I didn't think it was bad. Yeah, because we trust him. So, yes. Poppy, do you feel that it was justified in her freak out? Position? Oh, well, him. It, well, it well yeah, I mean, you don't really know who these dudes are. I mean, these are the right. same guys, I think, it, that like drove by them and they were like, woohoo, yeah, woohoo. Yes. So... It's like you don't know what their intentions are. I mean, they're very close to her, and she's by herself. And you could tell that the dude that was kind of like all alpha, like, hey, you know, I'm the big man on campus, like, was was being a, a bit aggressive. And so you don't know who these people are, what they're trying to do. So, I mean, I get why he did it, and I also get why she got creeped out by it. Right, because it's not something that you, every day you see somebody pulling out a knife on somebody. Exactly, right and the they bat. still really don't know each other. So it's not right. like they've been in a relationship for a while and, and she would understand his intentions. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like both sides were justified in their own way. And if we were to move that a little bit you know, further to even perpetuate Christina's thought process about Garrett... Uh, she notices that she has a voicemail on her phone and on the voicemail it's Brady telling her you know you are with somebody uh, who is you know potentially a suspect for the Silver Bell's murder and you could see that her face is completely petrified she 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 looks like she's scared and she notices that Garrett says hey you know I thought you said you know no phones or whatever and she pulls out the knife she pulls out the knife and says you know no you stay away from me stay right there 
away from me and he tries to you know tries to comfort you know tries to comfort her saying hey wait you know i can explain and she immediately makes the accusation that well you killed my father and you were trying to come out here to kill me and he says no you know that's that's not it at all so then he she asks you know just give me the keys just put them on the ground step back and i'll take the keys so he you know of course abides by it and throws keys on the ground he you know takes a few steps back and as she reaches down to get the keys garrett moves forward i guess to try to either disarm christina or to try to you know make her understand that he's not here to hurt her or so, whatever his intentions are we see that suddenly there something happens a knife goes in through through somebody it goes through it just goes through either christina or garrett <gasps> and ta-da, we see that it moves a little bit further and we see that Brady uh, sees that there's a truck there and he believes it's Garrett and says, you know, Garrett, step out of the car. And we see it's Christina that steps out of the car. And Brady's like, oh, you know, is terrified that something happened to Christina. But in reality, it's Garrett's blood on her jacket. And we come to the realization that Garrett is the one who was stabbed. And yes. the camera zooms out before we see the little scene with Garrett we also see that one of the uh believe he was a, de- a detective I'm not mistaken is talking with the rest of the family and the dining table and they say that the there was a DNA evidence and it was shown that it was Mitch that the DNA that was linked to on the belt was Mitch and nobody could comprehend, you know, wait, you know, there's no way, you know, you could have the DNA of somebody that was already cremated and everything. And everybody's trying to figure out how on earth, you know, that DNA came across. And it comes to the realization that there was blood on the Jersey that was there in the school that had his blood. And we see that Brady is the one that's looking to the Jersey and see notices the blood there. So it's kind of gives you the idea that maybe Brady was the one who got it. Who knows? Maybe. But in that exchange, you see everybody's faces. Some people's faces are out of, you know, shock. And then you see Allison just, again, seeing not being able to comprehend. And literally the same thing for Madeline. But in Madeline's case, she looks a little worried. But she also looks like she may have just, you know... For all the efforts that she put in to try to cover up everything, she just can't. She just can't. She's starting to lose control over everything that's going on. And as the episode ends, we see Garrett is on the ground bleeding out. And his hand, on his right hand, is twitching a little bit. And you just see him staring blankly up into the sky. In those two scenes, how did you guys feel? What was y'all's reaction did you awful were you upset were you yes. happy you were upset yes why so garrett is a teddy bear and you stabbed him and you are the scum of the earth i don't like her <laughs> christina anymore. you are the scum of the earth oh yes. wow see i didn't think that in the beginning i'm not gonna lie in the beginning i thought oh my because of like the look that she gave I was like, oh my gosh, the police are looking for you, Garrett. And all of a sudden, Christina gets accidentally stabbed by you. I was like, please don't let this see, happen. That's what yes. I thought. That's, that's what yeah, I thought. I was like, oh my god, they're going to make it even worse for him. But no. No, yeah, he was the one that got stabbed. stabbed. Now, he was still, he was like blinking his eyes and all this kind of stuff. Yes. I was like, there's no way they're going to kill him off. Well, I mean, if you look at the very, very last part, you actually just see him just he's actually staring he gives one little blink and he's just staring up in the air but it's only for like three four seconds but again it shows that he's in danger of you know potentially dying which i hope they don't kill him off it'd be kind of weird if they did i think because i feel like he's a really strong character but it does give off this impression that you know christina didn't seem too distraught that she stabbed garrett as opposed to when brady pulled her out from the car he just you know she just said it's not my blood and she just said it's just not my blood so it does give that impression that she definitely knows maybe she does know how to handle herself or 
you know, those little exchanges, she seemed really witty and make sarcastic remarks. Who knows? Maybe she knows a little bit more than she's looking on. Who knows? But if we had to rate the episode from one to ten silver bells, what would you guys give it? I'll start it off with Samantha. I will rate this episode eight silver bells out of ten. Eight. Okay. Why would you give it eight? I did like this episode a lot. They're really keeping us on our toes with who the killer could be. And this might be the first week I change my prediction. We'll see. Yes. There's little shocks here and there, like the police report from Mitch hidden in that book. And Jack being somewhat normal, he's kind of acting like a human <laughs> being. That's pretty interesting. So he can change. I think he has some kind of personality disorder, to be quite honest. He has a lot of problems. Oh. But overall, 8 out of 10, it was a solid episode. Nice. Bobby, if you had to rate it from 1 to 10 silver bells, what would you give it? I'm going to give it 8.5 silver bells. I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was another strong episode. I feel like each episode is getting either a little bit stronger or it's still on like the same strength of the previous episode lots of great twists and turns great reveals this time it was a really good uh, cliffhanger at the end because we really are wondering you know what's going to happen with Garrett Uh, I liked all of the characters motivations and the advancement of the plot lines and the reveals were fantastic as well Hmm, eight and a half. Okay, for me, I think I'm going to have to give it, yeah, probably an eight and a half too, because the fact that it was still able to keep up the way that the last episode ended in such a climactic way, and it still, it moved forward with it. It was immediately right after, instead of uh, being dull and then trying to lead up into it again, it was actually, I felt like it was a really strong episode, and the ending itself, I, to me, I felt like it was a little bit of a twist, because I thought, personally, I thought Garrett was going to accidentally stab Christina and it was going to look really bad on him. But no, it turned out that he was the one that gets stabbed. So I think that approach is really, really cool. I hope they don't kill him off. So that's my intention right now. And honestly, the entire episode, I think, was really great. So I'm hoping that the next episode is just as strong or maybe even better. Hopefully it leads up into something even more. So... We'll go ahead and see that. But on that note, who do you guys think is the Silver Bell's killer? So I start off with Samantha first. For this part, I'm going to start off with Poppy. Who do you think is the Silver Bell's killer? I still think it's Tessa. I've been stuck on Tessa oh, since episode two. Even though she's a little girl back then, even yes, Madeline, and that's why even the reason Madeline that we have Jack's only tan. Exactly. That's true. Because Madeline knows a whole lot more. Oh, that's so true. Yes, she does. Yes, yes she does. Like Tessa, I, I, I just do. Um, Leave her alone. She's Tessa. No, she's a psychopath killer. And uh, yeah, I just feel like it's it's Tessa. She honestly doesn't remember it. So that's why she seems innocent and seems shocked by all of this. But I feel like it's her. Tessa, you endanger girl. Oh, Okay. Samantha, who do you think is a Silver Bell's killer? Allison. Allison. (gasps) Give us a quick rundown. Why do you think it's Allison? Her face throughout the episode, like her persona, it just totally changed. When she, like Poppy said, her world ended. Once that happened, she was more cautious. And when, I don't know who she was hugging at the end of the episode, when they were watching the news for the manhunt on Garrett. She was hugging whoever, and she was peering at the TV in this eerie way, and I was like, oh, uh, you don't look worried at all. You kind of want them to find him and kill him, don't you? Something's wrong there. And she has an alibi through Naomi and, and all this mayor stuff, so I think it could be her, honestly. Hmm, okay. I think if I had to choose one, oh, man, I don't know. I mean, I feel like when the DNA evidence came up for saying that, oh, it was Mitch, you know, that it was, you know, his DNA. I feel like I feel like he was covering up for somebody. I feel like he ditched the belt in the tunnel, you know, to cover for, you know, one of the children. So I think on that note, I think 
Oh, darn it. I don't know. I, I want to say... Who knows? I, I want to make... I, I was hoping it'd be interesting and maybe it might be Cam. And I feel like those repressed memories are maybe just of him doing it. But I don't know. It's... It's crazy. It'd be really interesting if it was like, if it was like, I don't know, like Christina or maybe Madeline's lover, like something, you know, like that. That'd be kind of interesting. But if I had to choose one for sure, for sure, probably would have to go with Cam for right now. Because I like Madeline, even though she can be, you know, one crazy woman. But who knows? We still got to see a couple more episodes to even make our decision but on that note you guys can join us next time for a brand new installment of the silver bells murders visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts you can also download tonight's broadcast through itunes just search for the silver bells murders and subscribe please like poppy chulo radio on facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppy chulo radio you guys can help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. E- email us via contact at PoppyChuloRadio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or hell, even concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or maybe even a blog contributor? Email talent at PoppyChuloRadio.com. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a happy good night. Good night, listeners. Silver Bell's killer. We're going to find you. Good night, listeners. I hope you enjoyed this eerie episode. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of the Silver Bell's Murders. Have a great night, everyone. Mm-hmm.